Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. I am trusting that you are doing very well, and uh, we are here in Dallas, Texas. Across the table from me is Monica Terrell, and I am uh, still trying to figure out who I am, but we are very happy to be able to connect with those of you who are listening, and we bless you in the name of the Lord. Today is a, a big a big day. It's the first presidential debate is tonight. I thought maybe we could kind of do a trial run of that debate. You know, I don't know who, which one do you want to be? I don't know, but I think the few times that I have even attempted to debate with you, <laughs> it was not a close. It was not even a close. Yeah. Uh, if you let if you let me be Joe Biden, my answers will be straight and canned. And uh, if I have a monitor, I'll just read them. Should be interesting. I'm really I, praying about this. I'm still wondering if he's actually going to show up. Well, that's a novel thought. Yeah. If he comes out of his basement. I'm surprised they've got Chris Wallace moderating it. Well, somebody had told me that um, the rumor was that maybe Ian, my nephew, he's in the political realm full time, and he said that there was rumor that he was not going to show up, which would mean that his running mate would take his place. Harris? Mm-hmm. Have you heard that they've been calling it the Harris-Biden ticket? That doesn't surprise me. I think that makes more sense. Man, oh, man, this is crazy stuff. It is crazy, crazy stuff. Somebody sent me a, a picture of Joe Biden with a MAGA hat. <laughs> 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 and at the bottom it said, Trump for president. Oh, <laughs> And two, if you drive down, if you drive down like Ellsworth, which is one of the the side streets here in Lakewood, heading towards Greenville, on the corner of Greenville Avenue, for those of you that are very familiar with Dallas, which is most of you now, but on the corner, I think it's Ellsworth. There's a duplex, like a two-story duplex, and one side of the duplex is just covered with Trump banners. And the other side, so it's, it's like this. Yeah. This, this, have you seen it? No. Is Biden. Well, it was on Jimmy Fallon. Really? Yeah, they had, they posted a picture of it on Jimmy Fallon, and they talked about, I don't watch Jimmy Fallon, but they talked about it on Jimmy Fallon, and um, so I drove by to, to actually see that it was legitimate, and sure enough, it is. <laughs> wow, that's, I'm going to have to go by that just to, just to behold it. Well, rumor has it that these two guys that live in this duplex side-by-side side are old college SMU friends. So apparently one of them is, is left and the other one's right. And so it's not like they're they arch joke, enemies. They joke with each other. Yeah. Well, my neighborhood, is, I live in a cul-de-sac, and my neighborhood has become politically divided. Um, the older lady that lives beside us, who goes to St. Baptist, who goes to First Baptist, she's got the American flag flying, and she's got Trump Pence things out front, and then the people beside her, who are also old, they've got one of those weird things that says no, and it's got Trump's hair on the top. It's a sign, and it's it's right there facing my neighbor's house. And then the people beside them have a bunch of somewhat leftist paraphernalia out in their yard. And so the, my neighbor comes over to us, and <laughs> she, she's trying to figure out what side of the fence we're on. And she says, uh, would you consider having a sign or something in your yard and I said no. Oh I am. <laughs> I 
definitely am. Well, I don't blame you. You live on a thoroughfare, but I'm not going to get in a cul-de-sac war with these with these neighbors. It, this it's something that I've because I walk in the neighborhood all the time because I have so many dogs, and we are so, Lakewood is so liberal now, and it's Biden, 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 and then occasionally you'll see a Trump sign and Biden, 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 and I've prayed a lot about it. You know, at first I thought there's no way because all I have to say is I want a Trump sign in my yard and literally within 10 minutes my nephew will have one in my yard. And so I, I really have prayed about it. And my first reaction was, no, I don't want that. I don't, you know, you don't want things, you don't want vandalism. You know, you don't want, there's so much hate. Yeah. And I just didn't really want to subject my household to that. But the Lord really convicted me. Now, of course, now I'm going to have to own it and and do something about it. But it's been it's been kind of a just something that has been a struggle within me, like just even being a voice. And because I don't want I I don't want to get into an arguing match with anyone, but I do feel like the church needs to be a voice and. Yeah. And I'm not saying that having a sign in my yard is being a voice, but I don't want to cow down to the enemy, I guess is what I'm feeling. I don't blame you. I mean, if you're in a cul-de-sac, that's a different story, but... Yeah, nobody comes into our circle unless it's a UPS truck or the people that live there. You, on the other hand, are in Grand Central Station. Yeah. So, um, it's just very interesting. So, as I drive by, I'll, I'll notice... So honk if the you see. progress of honk if you see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll have to um, I'll have to get one. But well, you yeah. know what used to again. This isn't political show. I brought this up and I led us down this path. But in the last election, everywhere you drove in this neighborhood, you saw Beto signs, and I thought I I'm, I shouldn't be going here. But it's just, I'm thinking, do you ever listen to what this guy says? Or are you just straight straight hate and, and uh, party line? I think they just, I think that they just want something other than righteousness. I think they just want something other. It's like they don't care what they get. They just want something other than what represents righteousness. Yeah. Or I guess we could say religion. I, I don't know. Not that those two are the same, but that's how they view it, I think. And I just, I used to, like, when it first started, and I remember coming down, walking my dogs, and taking Avalon, the first street. Very, pe- My neighborhood is very peaceful. I mean, big tree. I mean, it's very peaceful. It's beautiful. And some friends of mine from St. John's, from Bishop, you know, from so many of those people are school friends, school people friends, right? From my kids going to school in the neighborhood, and and so I see these friends that have this Biden sign in their yard, and immediately I judge them. I mean, immediately I just got almost like ticked off, like, "No, you have got to be kidding me!" And then, of course, the Lord <laughs> convicted me of that because it's not it's not a battle with flesh and blood. And yet we, it's so easy to make it about that because I've seen those people regularly since then and my attitude, I have to continuously keep my attitude in check that I don't dislike them now because, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's just God is just working so deep within all of us um, to stand, to stand on behalf of what we believe but also to represent Christ and and. It's it's really stretching. It, it it this whole political scene is really stretching, and just what's going on in our in our world and how none of it makes sense to me. Because I think, how can anybody think that this is okay? How can anybody in their right mind think that anarchy, that all of these things that are going on in our nation are okay? Yeah. And let's just vote another. You know, let's vote four more years of, it's okay to slaughter babies. It's okay to just destroy businesses and, and cities and monuments. And how can anybody think that's okay? 
Mm-hmm. So, but I do recognize, of course, that we are not battling flesh and blood. And it's, I mean, we are truly in this war with principalities and rulers of darkness and just have to stay in the spirit with it. So. Yeah. You know, it's so strange. We have to we have to view things through Pneumatikos perspective, recognizing as saints that we really are on the doorstep of the things that um, are prophesied for the end. And um, I, last night at about, oh, I guess it was about nine o'clock, I just got apprehended. And um, I began to, start feeling prophetic things about what's coming and what we need to do as saints. And so I went to sleep. I drifted off to sleep, but then I woke up at 1, and I was up till like 4.30, and I was reading. Uh, I felt the Lord was directing me to consider the the scenarios that are happening in our country and in the world, but particularly our country, and how they parallel to other uh, revolutionary takeovers in modern history. And you go back even to the French Revolution, but, um, and I felt very strongly that sometime Sometime in the, in the near future, this, this nation is going to be probably a soft totalitarian influence. And, um, and I was reading about, and we did activations about Italy years ago when we went there. Uh, one of the times we went there to do activations and how totalitarianism began there. And there were three factors of it that they stated, and everything involved revolved around the state. But those three factors were eliminating anything that came against the state, conforming yourself to the state, and restricting anything from affecting the state that's not what the state wants. And I was thinking of 666. And we aren't, we aren't as a nation in a position where... Um, you know, we've got some great calamity or, you know, COVID is bad, but it's it's not from my perspective, and I feel badly for anybody who's become ill or, or suffered through it. Our economy is booming. It's not where it should be as far as the personal businesses, but, you know, I don't think anybody is on skid row because of COVID, uh, at least that I know. I know there are people that have suffered business-wise. Don't send me any emails. But... You know, the issue, though, is is that it's not something that has upset and brought us to a revolutionary point in our country. However, there are people who are using the cancel culture and are using um, scenarios that are just absolutely Marxist, and they're, they're following the playbook. And the Marxist ideology is that a small number of people can take over a country if they can get people to buy into their ideology. And that's what we're seeing transpire. Now, what we have to know is two things. And one of the second one is what the Lord told me. The first one was what I was deducing. How this materializes, how quickly it materializes, is going to be up to us as Christians. And like you said, I mean, wh- whenever, and I, I apologize to anybody who is an ideologue or if you've got political opinions that are very strong, but when a leftist mentality, this isn't even leftist, this is Marxist, when that gets hold, it's going to be trouble for religion, it's going to be trouble for churches. It's going to be trouble for the morality of this country, and things are going to get rough, and then God's going to judge, and in the aftermath of that, people are going to be angry, and they're going to curse God, because that's what the scripture says, and they're going to persecute 
in a deeper way those who believe in God. That's coming. And you, you know, you go, oh, I can't believe you're saying that. Well, read the scripture. That's, that's coming. So it's up to us as to how long before that really gains sway. Because all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And I, I think that this election and then the elections to come are going to be very telling for the timetable. The enemy's trying to change the times. He wants this in a hurry because if he can, then we won't be able to prepare what God is saying for us to do. So I recognize that and this is the thing that God was telling me. We as saints need to do a lot of things, pray for sure. But in the time we have before this enemy agenda really takes hold, which was prophesied, we need to recognize that what God told us, well, I say us, years ago that the great end time army of the saints is going to rise out of South America. We need to redouble our efforts to train those folks down there and to train those millions of people down there. And God's put a hunger there because the ideologies that we see sweeping through our country, yeah, they're trying to take hold, but the people aren't willing to accept that down there. We've, we've traveled, we've seen that. Um, and so that's going to be a bastion for the kingdom of God. And those intercessors and those missionaries in South America are going to be powerful. I think the same can be said for Africa unless China just takes over. And you say, well, what do I mean by that? I remember when we were in Ghana, Paul and I were there. And um, Chinese, they were totally, these, the people in Ghana were totally aligned with America. I mean, you, you would think in their cities that you were in Detroit or Atlanta. I mean, it was, it was amazing. You know, the main freeway leading from the coast is the George Bush Freeway. The American consulate is massive. I don't mean small. I mean massive. And the ideologies, most of the people that are in business were trained at London School of Business or or when he came over to the United States, but the Chinese were everywhere, and they were investing. In fact, one of the two of the people that we knew, one of the ladies that had a uh, catering business, really sweet late lady, the Chinese government paid for her to go over to Beijing, and to learn culinary arts and to help help uh, them to bring Chinese food into into uh, uh, Ghana and this is happening all over the place and of course why do I say the Chinese because they're Marxist and they are God they're a godless society so I say Africa and the Chinese are also trying to get into South America but not to you can see what's happening in Venezuela I mean they're both the Chinese and the Russians aren't really really making that big of an impact on the people. So the first thing we've got to do, we'll stay faithful in our ministries in, in our beloved France and in Europe and the other places God has given us, but we're going to double down on training and sowing into South America, which is what God said to do. It's the open door he's given above any other open door that I remember. And I remember the prophecy which God told me specifically, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing in the end time. And so that's very important. The other thing is that we as, as saints, and I think the things that have happened through COVID, um, where people have had to develop the dwelling places in their homes, I think we need to really purpose ourselves to go after having home groups. God said this two or three years ago, remember? We even had a meeting in one of the seminars where people would lead home groups. We've got to start preparing the work of the saints in this nation as an underground church. And you say, oh, Pastor Ron's gone around the bend. He's gone, he's gone nuts. 
do you pay attention at all to what half the country is wanting to do? Are you paying attention at all to that? You know, in San Francisco, the bishop out there, he, he went on a tirade last week because in San Francisco, this is what the bishop said, you can't have more than one person in the cathedral for ministry at a time. But yet the, uh, the, uh, the big malls in, in San Francisco, which I've been in, I've walked through and prayed in them, are open for business. And so is a lot of other things. But in the church, you've got an, an unheard of restriction. I was talking to Luke and Sylvie yesterday, and they said that the government has placed a limit of, of any gathering in churches or even in a house to be 30 or less and I understand that from a COVID perspective to a certain degree but once you put power like that into the hands of secular people it's as the old timer said pert near impossible to get it out and so I know particularly you watch what happens with the Senate confirmation hearings of Amy Coney Barrett see how they go after the fact that she is a Christian, that she's part of that group that is a charismatic Catholic group. They speak in tongues. And, um, you know, I heard a snippet of Bill Maher from HBO just ridiculing that woman, calling her crazy. And he just made this awful face and said, and you want to know how crazy he is? They speak in unknown tongues what he said on HBO and everybody laughed and applauded who would think you would ever hear that now I'm not being a down trying to be a downer here you said some very alarming things earlier but we've got to take this seriously I want the door to be open for as long as it's, it can be and we've got to work because we see the night is coming and we as saints need to to really view this not from the standpoint of what America was in 1940, not from the standpoint of what American was, America was in, in the, the turn of the 1900s. Uh, we, are, we are facing a dilemma of eschatological proportion, and we need to start preparing for it. We need to start hearing the Spirit uh, and and to develop these things that will equip that will equip the church for what's coming, and we as saints need to train and to sow with as much effort as we can into the places that are going to be to a large degree free. Um, that's my soapbox. That's what I was doing most of the night, so I'm kind of sleepy here. Not drinking coffee yet. Can you imagine that? Um, I'd like some Java right now, but I, I can't have any. All right, I've rambled on and on. What say you, a woman of God? So you were praying through the night, or you were just thinking on these things? Well, it's a little bit of both. You know, if God, if God is asking me questions, my response is to give a seasoned answer and I looked in scripture I was reading articles about I read an article don't anybody ask me for where this is you look it up yourself that always happens where is that I want to read that I read an article about the rise of Marxism from a Harvard perspective uh, professor from um, the 70s I think it was and even then they were saying that the roots of what happened with the Bolsheviks um, were really showing themselves in the 60s here in this country. And the guy said in, in the early 70s, we need to watch now because this, these people in the summers of love are going to change our educational institutions. And they are going to become anti-American, and they are going to become um, godless athe atheists in preference, and they're going to be developing these Marxist socialist ideals. 
and then they are going to step into roles of prominence. Businesses are going to be, this guy was prophetic, businesses are going to be the main police of the Marxist ideologies. He said it's unclear how they're going to do it. It's clear now, the cancel culture. You know, your philosophical viewpoints, what, what you believe. If you say something like what you said, and we firmly believe, the slaughter of babies and an ungodly thing. You say that, you're going to be on the list. And you're, you're going to be targeted, uh, whether it's your opinions biblically on gender and marriage. You say the wrong thing, you're targeted by business. And we started seeing this back in, oh gosh, when was it? the late 90s where I would say something from the pulpit and I would be reprimanded from somebody that was trained in a business to have cultural awareness and I think you so you mean I can't I can't imitate um, Major Hochstetter from uh, Hogan's Heroes because it might offend any German people no you can't do that we started seeing that now it's it's a maxim I mean, you, you see uh, what what has been uncovered, how most of a lot of the government agencies have had to go for retraining seminars to try to purge away the things that the cultural police are after. And, you know, um, businesses. Uh, and so our economy... And our way of making money and advancing is the arm that's going to be policing this. And that supersedes government people right now. Um, there was, um, you know, the, the, there, there, was, uh, there was an illustration I read about last night for something that was happening in the eastern states. And the state government voted that certain things would not be. Then there was pressure from the business communities and they rescinded the government's orders and said these things will be. But it's business. And you read about the mark of the beast. Nobody be able to buy or sell unless they take this mark. And you wonder how would that happen in the good old U.S. of A.? Well, open your eyes, because it's, it's, it's coming. So we need to pray that God will keep this window of time open. He's voicing the alarm, work for the night is coming. And we need to begin to prepare, not just the two things I said. There are going to be other things that God's going to say, you know, you need to start sowing this. You need to start, it's not business as usual. We cannot, we cannot act that way. And so that was, that was my night. I'm glad you were able to rest. I really am. But that, that was my night. So I finally went back to sleep at about 4.30, and then I woke up at 10 till 6, which is sleeping in for me. And I thought, I'm up. So I threw these clothes on and went to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I got to do something to get my mind a bit clear because I'm just wound up on this topic. So I had the, the the early morning boys mix up some paint for some things I have to do in my house, and um, and then I just I just have been praying about that ever since. So for whatever reason, God has just got a grip on me about this. So man, he. I totally can relate to that. So many nights, I'm just wide awake. I'm just all these things are just running through my mind and through my spirit, and there's just it's just like impossible to shut it off. And then I doze off at about three thirty or four, and I'm like you. I wake up at five or whatever, and it's another day. It's good things though. Yeah, it's it's these always. are things of the Lord. This is not fear-mongering. 
It's not, you know, I grew up with preachers that were always scaring the, trying to scare the pants off everybody. Oh, the Lord's coming. You better get ready, you know. You know, and I know that message, but here we are 50 years later, and he ain't come back yet. And I'm thinking, what should we have been doing at that point? What should we have been preparing if we had wake, awakened during the various dimensions of the Cultural Revolution? You know, you see what's happening in Portland. A couple of years ago, we were walking through that city, that beautiful city. Uh, we had a Saints Network gathering near there, and, you know, we were just enjoying the goodness of the Lord. It's a socialist nirvana. And it, it, the undercurrents of that, and you see, you see, grandmas and grandpas that were children of the were in the '60s, who trained their kids and and their grandkids in this counter-revolutionary viewpoint. And it, it, it you just got to get it in your head. This is not a Democrat Republican thing, even though one side is being complacently silent. This is something that is aimed at the destruction of America, the destruction of what we were raised to believe. Yeah, America needs to get a lot better. Yes, we've made tremendous strides um, with race relations. It's, it's not as bad as, you know, some people are protesting now as if they lived in the, in the, in the 1850s or if they lived even in the 1950s, which to a large degree were, were terrible times. So many great strides have happened, and we're grateful for that. And we still have a long way to go, but the issue is not race relations. The issue is not police reform. The issue is not any of the other things you hear ballyhooed by so many people on the, their bully pulpit. The issue is the destruction of America and the neutering of the church. And I, I can really see how when we studied about the Antichrist and the Belial influence, very clearly it says that that influence comes out from the church. Can you see it now? Can you see it? Oh my gosh, yes. It's 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 awful you know and i was reading one of the quotes that this uh, there was another professor that wrote about this from a smaller school and he was quoting pope benedict and pope benedict from hundreds of years ago said that this kind of upheaval that comes against nations and how it will try to mute the church and it will try to rescope the the mindset of the people is exactly how the antichrist will arise now that was an interesting phrase coming from a catholic pope and um but i i can see that i can see that we're not afraid about this but yet we're not we're not idiotous uh, we've got to work for the night is coming, and I'm very grateful to the Lord that he's given us this time frame to wait. It's almost like this has been, you know, you can look at it two, one of two ways. You can look at it from the calm before the storm thing, or you can look at it as God speaking to the sons in truth and sonship before the breakthrough into the next dimension of how we're partnering with his ways. Maybe a bit of both. Definitely the latter, where we've been given this time of not, be, not being able to really go overseas or we've not been traveling in ministry. You have, but I haven't. We haven't had big network gatherings or anything of that nature. Um, and, and But I, we've still done the work and gotten... Yeah. I mean, we've still been doing it. You're right. Yeah. But it's you, you we I think we can both agree that we've been kind of stationed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's been a reflective time 
but for whatever reason, something must be ready to turn for, for me to feel, from my position here, this alert and this stirring where it was just incessant. This is what's happening. These are two things that must be done. I mean, it was almost like one of those, I didn't see an angel. I feel this is direct from the Lord. I know the angels are around him. But it, it was just a marching order kind of thing. And um, I, not alarmed by it. In some ways, it's invigorating because it gives you a direction to, to go. And it's a, it gives a solution to the things we see going on around us. But I, I do believe this, and you and I talked about this last week, this month leading up to the election, we have to pray. And again, this isn't flying in the Republican flag. I'm telling you, part of what's happening right now is we're seeing how much time we're going to allow for the saints to prepare. If, if the far left is in control, God's still going to move but it will take away a lot of the options that we had. I'd rather use them um, productively, and then when God says it's time, we're positioned to move. I feel like this is one of those times where the enemy's trying to say, I'm going to change these times. I'm going to cut things off before preparation can really be made. Now, the enemy, even if he did that, would not win. But I don't want that to happen, and I know you don't. Um, so we really have to pray. Uh, it's it's man, no no uh, no surprises over these next thirty days. No no uh, unexpected emergencies or scandals. We, we pray as we're instructed in Scripture to do, to prosuke and deasis for those who have authority over us. We pray that our president will not be taken off guard and will not do anything that is just, I'd like to use the S word, but I know little ears are hearing, that won't, won't do anything asinine. There's a word they don't understand. Um kind of like I remember when Ann Richards was running for the governor of Texas and she was after she was against Clayton Richards remember him the mm -hmm. big old good old boy Republican mm -hmm. and he said one of the dumbest most idiotic things anybody could ever say and when he said it I just cringed and that cost him the election she rode right in there and um, it was it was a strange time so we, we really need to pray and get on our faces before God, uh, not on behalf of a political agenda, but on behalf of the time frame being open. And I do rejoice. I mentioned this the other day. It was early this year that we had that gathering down at the... Um, last year. Last year. January. Anyway, God seems to be answering that. Well, I think, and, and I will say this, I mean, stay tuned for, I, I'm sure that we will have some some directed prophetic times of intercession over the course of October to galvanize the saints and to um, really come together before the throne in a point of unity on behalf of God's will being done. I don't know what they are. But I do know that we launch off with First Saturday this coming weekend, and that is centered around rejoicing. That is centered around the fast of feasting and mm -hmm. really our commission to um, to look forward and and to to really go in that momentum of rejoicing. <laughs> because you know, in a lot of cases, I mean, this could be somewhat of a um, a very weighty season these yeah. next number of of weeks i mean we're all i mean i i 
my father lives in different locations, different times of the year, and he's planning his sojourn back to Texas so that he can vote in Texas and wants to be positioned back in Texas with enough lead time to to be sure that he's here for that week or that time leading into the election. It's very important to him. And then I heard you talking about some things that you could have tentatively had on your schedule that could have knocked you out um, mm-hmm. during that time. I mean, we, we want to be standing and and partnering in the fullness of who we are before the Lord. And that's one of the things I think about as you were talking about just establishing our homes and, and the small groups. And aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful for the last 22 years where God has taught us to chew up the strong meat, to take in the strong meat, to to allow his word to become who we are and 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 to solidify our identity as sons in the kingdom, to to walk in the authority of, as sons and and to know. And I've said this over and over again over the course of the years, just through my experience in traveling in ministry. Very early on, I, you know, coming out of the comforts and the the protection, the covering of this sanctuary, where we spent so many hours on our faces in prayer and corporate prayer in this atmosphere of diversities of tongues that was so not only compelling but so powerful and so um, (laughs) infectious, I guess I should say. Um, And you step out of that and God calls you away you better know how to find the Lord wherever you are and call upon his name and and tap in in the spirit at his throne, no matter where you are, if you're alone, if you're with a group of people that are just learning, you know, it, it it's so important. But God has, he's developed us so beautifully over the course of the years. And I'm just so thankful. I mean, I know I came into this year, this crazy year, having no idea what we were facing or what we were going to face. And my spirit just repetitively just kept just thanking God that I'm a saint. And, for, and I didn't even know why, you know, even though, of course, we're all thankful for that. But, I mean, it was just this, this, this unction in my spirit just to continuously give thanks to the Lord for, for being a saint. And now I know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because uh, no matter where we are, I mean, if we're quarantined in a cave somewhere, we better be able to find the Lord there and 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 call upon His name and and be that that Palau person, be that one that can partner. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree, and I think I think back to when God first began to bring us into the reality of live streaming and doing the things that for almost 10 years now we've been doing how that that was used in an amazing way over those years but particularly in this year of challenge and I was talking with uh, somebody in my household who does ministry in another church in town and uh, those folks have lots of capacities lots of money but they don't have any live stream they're they're unable to reach out to their people during this covid thing and they've had to to do things that were you know, they were trying, but that live stream capacity was not available to them. And I'm, I, I think of how, Lord, you, you told us proactively to do this. You used it in a lot of ways, but it really was a, a, a lifeline during this year. And so I'm, I'm wondering what God's telling us to get ready for and to start getting ready now and to start doing it now because at some point 
things are going to turn and what we've obeyed and trained and patterned will will really be utilized real time out of necessity but it it won't be it won't be anything that we'll say ah oh, what are we going to do you know we will be set now well like the seminar i mean that's a, a, a excellent example of what you're talking about yeah i mean he led us by the spirit to i mean it's supposed to be virtual he led us just by the spirit to host that seminar in the way that last year would not have been the norm mm -hmm. right true and and what was a lot of the emphasis prophetically you need to establish in your terio the kingdom of god yeah. you need to be absolutely devoted in your home to welcoming the kingdom of god and it's as if god is out of the many things he did it's as if god was beginning to set the stage for this kind of thing it really is in a lot of ways like to me like the apostolic ministry that he's called us to because and i know I already said this once but i mean stepping out of the the just the the comforts of the sanctuary stepping out of what we're familiar with and being sent to I mean, I remember going to um, the Dominican Republic and, and you know, just stepping away from here where things may not be easy, but it's, it's, it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's home. It's, um, and, and, and having to step away and function in the fullness of identity and just our function away from the the womb you know what i'm saying I, never mm -hmm. mind no it's true it's very apostolic yeah because that's you know the ap the apostle has to be that point on the arrow that that goes and penetrates those new places and it's you know i mean you've lived it i've lived it with you the day that you're leaving and you're standing up in the balcony and you're just praying to the lord when he sends you out to not only protect this place, but sends you out with the anointing and the protection and the angels and all of that, because you never know what you're going to face when you go, when you walk away from here. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just really just developed trust and and so many different things. But I didn't mean to take us off course. No, it's 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 a good it's a good um, measure of discussion. We can we can all. We can all be addicted to uh, to the breast. You know, we can all be addicted to these things that are that are normal and comfortable. And it's funny to think of what has become normal and comfortable for us that for most people, even in religious circles, would seem so radical, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I know that the Holy Spirit is calling us to a place um, where it's not necessarily comfortable, but we have to establish it. And and we're always going to be moving forward. We're always going to be moving into new territory. Yeah. It's just the nature of the call. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not going to let this thing go. I'm, it's not going to dictate what I'm preaching. I'm just telling you this. This is where we're going. We're going to develop these things. Um, I think I think that there are a lot of wonderful revelations that God's going to continue to be pouring out for us. And uh, you don't have to worry. This isn't going to be our sermons for the next two months. But we need to double down and get real serious about our praying for this election that's coming and I I just know that the Spirit of the Lord has a lot of work for us to do and a lot of setting foundations of, of what is going to be necessary for 
when God does say it's time. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to work together, uh, speaking on behalf of this house with, with all of you. And this isn't, this isn't doom and gloom. This isn't, you know, everything's horrible. You know, we, we got to keep our eyes on the eastern skies because Jesus is coming at any minute. Friend, are you ready? Well, we got to work for the night's coming. Uh, I, I know that it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful privilege that we have as saints. Amen? Amen. So you mentioned the first Saturday prayer. This Saturday is first Saturday. It's our wonderful month of October. And we are going to be celebrating before the Lord. It is a month of the fast of feasting. And we are aligning ourselves with the angelic, the Lord of hosts. We we have we have a lot of similarities between what Zechariah was preparing for and what our measure of preparation is because we we are to go and establish dwelling places of the Lord in a way that in according to God's timetable have not happened yet it, for us, we've got to be going out and trusting God to bring things back to the place where they need to be so that God's purpose can be reestablished. There are a lot of enemies out there who don't want us there, just as they didn't want Ezra, Nehemiah. They didn't want Zerubbabel, Joshua. They didn't want Haggai. They didn't want any of them. We we are we're privileged to be able to trust the Lord, and that's where the little space of grace comes from. God has given us this little space of grace. Help us to be faithful in it, and so we rejoice before the Lord in that. You know, here's the deal. I I don't know how much longer any of us are going to be on the earth. I really don't. <laughs> if you think about it, this I, is I'm, an interesting broadcast. <laughs> eternity is so big, and oh our gosh. lives are so short. I was listening to Amy Coney Barrett last night, and she was talking about how that she got this call. Uh, to adopt this, a child from Haiti and they said can you come down to to Florida and get this child and take responsibility for this three-year-old the same day she found out she was pregnant did you hear this mm -hmm. and she said well life can be hard but in the big scope of things it's really short and I thought, that's wise. So we, we have work to do, and we need to rejoice. That I think it's a simple thing to say that in 40 years, I'm going to be in heaven. I don't know how much time in between now and then. That's not long. I can remember 40 years ago. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember that. And I don't know where those years went. So we need to be really working for our Father and recognize that no matter how, how much energy we have to put into the work, we labor because this is not our home. We're, we're citizens of heaven. We're going to be with our Father through eternity life is fleeting and we've got a lot to do 
not only in the eschatological timetable, but in the timetable that God has given us. And so we need to rejoice in that and be like Caleb. Give me this mountain. Here we go, Lord. Now these giants are up there. It's a spiritual place, but that belongs to us. And, you know, it's really strange. I can't believe I'm telling all these things. When I went back to sleep at 4.30, I had a, a dream, and I was in an airport, which is no big stretch. You, you, you've been in airports with me more times than you can count. But there, was, there were two basketball teams there. One was the American basketball team. The other was the Brazilian basketball team. And I, I, was, I was in the airport. I wasn't with these teams, but I was aware of them. And I, I thought, I need to go to the men's room. So I, I walked between these teams. I looked at the American team, and I saw Larry Bird sitting there. He was old, which he is old. And he was just worn out. And that's the only player I saw. And I walked to past the Brazilian team. They were all sitting at a table. I saw Pastor Luciano, and I saw Benjamin, his little boy. And Benjamin smiled at me, and was way, he just waved at me. And I walked through. I wasn't going to interrupt what they were doing. Went to the men's room, came walking back through, and Benjamin was waving again. I saw a number of people I didn't know in that Brazilian group. And I so thought, this was a basketball team or the Brazilian I people? I thought it was a basketball. I thought they were basketball teams. But see, in the bigger scope, when we think of basketball internationally, we think the Americans, the dream team, we're going to smoke everybody. And usually we do, not as much as we used to. But to see that in that paradigm where there's a new team, which I would have thought initially when I first heard it, well, America's going to kill Brazil. I mean, there's no way Brazil's going to stand up to us. And then I saw this worn-out, tired thing, and I saw the Brazilians at a table, happy. And I think this, the scenario is that God's saying, he's not finished with America, but we need to sow into these people that are going to be God's champions and we need to train them and we need to build that end time army and we need to take this massive amount of insight and revelation that we have as saints and in a lot of cost perspective and sow it you know the weird thing is though that like at 10 o'clock last night I think it was about 10 o'clock I got a whatsapp from Uwali and the pastor who in, in Brazil who's over all those churches he was asking, when is the next semester of the Saints School going to start? He said, I was so excited to be part of this last thing. I want more of my people to be involved. That's, I was already thinking these things before that, that WhatsApp came. But uh, for whatever reason, as we enter into October, God, and, and a month before the election, we're positioning. So be faithful to pray. When is that word going to go out? Tonight? Which word? I'm sorry. The first Saturday word. Oh, Wednesday. Okay, tomorrow. Don't forget to pray. Anything else we want to say? I've just taken us. The two-minute warning is there. Keeping basketball format. We congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning who won the Stanley who won the Stanley Cup last night by beating the Dallas Stars. It oh, was I Tampa heard about against that. Dallas. Yeah. So we congratulate Pastor L, who probably doesn't care one flip about hockey. You don't know that. I, I said probably. I don't know. He could. He listen. He probably is a Dallas Stars fan. He might be. Just he might be. Anyway. We're not sour graping it here. The bell is rung. My watch is telling me it's time to breathe. Okay. <laughs> well, what an unusual broadcast. I don't know if this was chit or chat or what it was. But we're serving the Lord. 
We're in his end time army. We are mighty through God. And we will serve him and see his kingdom come and his will be done. And so we will look forward to, again, reaching out tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And then first Saturday, there'll be a prayer primer Thursday night. I don't know. You're going to be traveling. We ask the Lord to protect you as you go in the ministries that you'll be a part of. Um, So God bless all of you. Hope you have a wonderful day. And... um, God bless you. Goodbye.